have a hard time pronouncing my last name. I don't know why, but everybody affectionately knows me as Eddie B, so you guys can know me as Eddie B as well. Sometimes I have to tell people I actually have a last name. So it's my privilege to just speak to you guys on this topic. I'm one of the leaders at IHOP, and um, my life, I like to live in the prayer room, so it's just... It's just the joy of my life to be here. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be here speaking to you guys. And so we just want to um, see what the Lord would do. I mean, I have a message here, but I'm more hungry for the Spirit's activity to touch you than just my old words. Because you, you guys have heard a lot of teaching here, back home. Teaching's great. We want teaching. But if it's not anointed, forget it. So pray for me. Let's, let's, let's ask the Lord to bless our time together. Let's just see if He does anything. I mean, one of the things I love to do as a preacher, teacher, I'm, and, I, and I don't mean, I, I do mean this, I'm looking more for the Spirit's activity than just my spiel. I mean, I like to teach, but if the Lord's not in it, it doesn't serve you. And so I want to serve you by being open and available. So let's, let's, let's have an expectation for the Lord to touch us. I don't know what that means. He may move on you physically. He may inspire your heart. He may unlock a scripture to you. He may heal your body. This is a seminar on healing. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Lord heals? I can't make it happen, but I can believe. And you can believe. So let's pray. Let's believe. The Lord loves faith. So let's believe. Father, you're already listening. You're already here. But we ask you to move in our midst. I ask you to anoint our time. I ask you to anoint my ability to speak about what's true. Help me communicate it clearly. But even more than communication, Lord, I ask for a divine flow, a a, a releasing of your presence. Father, we ask for the angels. We call them forth right now. The angels from heaven. We call you forth and, and we ask you to move in our midst. Holy Spirit, we personally, together, invite your activity. We know you're God. We know you're here in a theological sense, but we want to feel you. Lord, undoubtedly, there's sick people in the room. And what a better time to release healing than in a time of teaching on healing. Lord, would you release the power for healing for those that are healed? I pray that they would be healed just, just by sitting in their chair with us talking about you. And so we ask for the power of God, the kingdom of God to break in this seminar. Let it be more than a seminar. Let it be an encounter with you. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let's just close our eyes for a second. Let's just sit for a second. I'm all riled up. I want to dial down. Let's just all just under your breath to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Just thank the Holy Spirit for living in you. Just say, thank you for living in me. Just thank you. I want all that you have for me. These are real prayers right now. They're very real. Come and fill me. Come and touch me. Unlock the Scripture to me. I want to feel your presence and your power. Amen. Okay. I had made some notes, but I didn't print them out, so I'm going to kind of go through through my notes in a kind of a systematic way, although I may hit a vein and just stay with it. 
You know, the subject of healing, it's a massive subject. I mean, so many of us are sick. Many are sick. So many of us have believed, in, believed for healing and have seen so little response from heaven. How many of you out there have prayed for somebody to be healed? You yourself have been sick. You've prayed for yourself to be healed and have not seen much activity from the Lord. Raise your hand. Be honest. It's most of us. This is the problem we are faced with. We are faced with scriptures that tell us what's available, yet we have little experience. But our little experience doesn't negate or take away from the truth. And one of the things that's hard to navigate as believers, especially charismatic believers, those of us that believe in the power of the Spirit, we see little and yet we're called to believe for much. We're called to believe, and yet we see so little. It's the great hurdle. It's the great divide of, of anything, whether it's other dimensions, miracles, or just your destiny, or anything else in the kingdom. But to believe for something you don't see is the greatest difficulty for the human heart to navigate with joy and freedom. Without, without making yourself do it out of obligation or duty where you're alive on the inside because you know He's real and though you don't have an answer for why He's not moving, yet you still choose to stand by faith. Do you know how rare that is in the earth? A human being saying, I love you, God. You truly are real. You're authentic. And you're good. And you're a healing God. And yet I don't see you move at all. And I choose to stand before you in faith. Do you know how rare that is in the earth? How rare that is to find a human being that doesn't back down because the truth of the Word is His inspiration and His life in God is uh, is strong and vibrant. It's the hardest thing to do. It's one of the hardest things to do. And we at IHOP, we're we're doing this thing 24-7. My job occupation is waiting on what I don't see. So when somebody says, hey, Ed, what do you do for a living? I go, I wait. <laughs> what do you mean you wait? I just wait. But you could wait without expectation or you could wait with expectation. Two different types of waiting. You can wait with a posture before God that says, today maybe you move. Today, maybe you break in. It could be a situation unrelated to healing. It could be your physical body, destiny. These, are, these things are always all overlapping and interrelated. But today, we're focusing on healing. And we wait. And yet, God doesn't move. And then the enemy comes and attacks us by confusing our thinking. And usually, he does it by uh, pointing out our lack. Somehow, your faith didn't measure up. Somehow, your holiness factor isn't quite high enough. Somehow, you are the problem that's hindering healing. How many, have, how many felt that, hear that, and walk in that? Most all of us. And for those of you that didn't raise your hand, he'll forgive you for lying. <laughs> we all struggle with this. We struggle with, why didn't he move? Where is his power? What did I do, God? And we become professional repenters. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we recommit, 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 and we still struggle in the same sinfulness. And we go, oh, only if I was like that, then you would break in. How many of you have heard teaching like if you were like A, B, and C, or did A, B, and C, therefore God would move? Many of us. If you're from a faith camp, faith circle, most of the emphasis is on your faith and what you do to believe. And if you're not believing enough, God's not going to break in or there's sin in your life. 
I want to liberate you from some of these things. There's elements of truth in that. We need to possess faith. We need to walk in the light of truth. However, the emphasis is on God, not on us. No, really, the emphasis is on God's ability, desire, willingness, and promise to release healing. It's not on me finally jumping high enough and he goes, you did it, wham, there's your healing. And if we approach God like that, it will injure our hearts over the long haul based upon what we don't see because we, we need to have an answer. As a human, you need to know why. And it's hard to live in the mystery when you don't know why before God. He don't speak to you, so you've got ha- you to have a conclusion. Well, there must be a reason. It must be me. Bad me, bad me, bad me. And I tell you, that puts people in such a, uh, a difficult circumstance to navigate with their heart. It's so hard to do that. God wants us to live joyful. God wants us to be free in His presence, not with a a condemning voice in our mind. Somehow we're not measuring up, therefore we didn't qualify for the release of power. I tell you, there's great mystery in healing. Great mystery in the release of power. And I tell you, living at IHOP, being here for almost five years, I tell you, it, it shatters delusion, it shatters fantasy. You know, I'm going to go to the house of prayer, we're going to pray night and day, I'm going to be caught up to heaven, seeing angels, moving in the glory. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Wait, Eddie. God, are you even real? (laughs) Wait, wait. I know, I know, I know you're real. He brings all your theology up to the surface. What do you really believe about me? And are you willing to trust me as a sovereign being that cannot be manipulated by your good works that cannot be manipulated by your ability to quote Scripture. See, God will not be uh, manipulated by the quoting of a Scripture. Do you know that? You can't use Scripture like a magic formula and say, God, you said, therefore you must submit. The promise is meant to inspire faith and hope, but at the end of it, we are at His mercy for release of power. I want you to really consider that. Because some teach as if faith is like your magic power. It's like have faith for faith. And quote the verse and God has to move. Yes, God honors His Word. But the timetable and how He honors His Word, that's a mystery. He hadn't told us that. And so I just want to kind of begin my my teaching on this, kind of opening up or broadening your your perspective of healing. We do not manipulate God by our behavior. We do not manipulate God by our ability to quote verses. If you come from that background, I want to shatter that. You do not control heaven. You have been invited to participate in the benefits of a heavenly reality. You've been invited through Jesus to participate. And those promises through the Scripture are real, but He is not at our beck and call. We are at His mercy. We are always at His mercy. And I tell you, when you begin to get a, a, a bigger picture like that, you, you, you don't always have to have the answer as to why didn't God heal. I have a personal family situation in which I'm, I'm close to somebody that's been struggling with an ailment for uh, five years now. 
God has not moved in any visible way. I tell you, you go through all the different thinkings and workings and wranglings of your heart, your theology. And at the end of the day, we just go, you know what, Lord? I I stand again in faith. I trust your word. Now bless. And when he doesn't, I don't injure my own heart by thinking I haven't measured up. I do what I'm called to do. I'm called to do my part. God's called to do his part. I cannot do his part and he will not do my part. His part is to release the power. My part is to stand fresh every day in faith. And like I said earlier, the hardest thing to do is stand in faith when you do not see. But He's a tangible God. And He's so good, He allows us to see along the journey of our life. But we don't know when He's going to move. But we come asking for Him to move. And so I just want to read some scriptures to you, kind of bring this down through the life of Jesus. What I want to do today is inspire you. I want to inspire you to reach and have an, you know, just an open ceiling for your heart to run after healing but not injure yourself by thinking you've got to jump through several hoops to get it. All you have to do is ask and believe and trust the process. Ask, believe, trust the process. There's the seminar. <laughs> it's that simple. But we're going we're gonna to look at Jesus a little bit. You know, one of the purposes Jesus came, says right here in... Um, 1 John chapter 3, 8, if you're taking notes. The purpose, Jesus came. Now, I mean, I don't think it's completely summed up in this verse, but I tell you, it gives us an overarching theme of His coming to, to this planet. It says this, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. I love that. He came to break the power of the devil. The devil's grip is in sin, The devil's grip, um, what's in his grip is also sickness. And Jesus came to break that, okay? And that's one of the things we want to get in touch with when we look at healing. We want to see how Jesus approached healing. Matter of fact, we want to see how Jesus approached life. So we can find out the right approach to life. Which supersedes your church denomination, your church culture. We need to get a Jesus paradigm of life itself which includes healing, which we're focusing on today. Jesus came to break the power of the enemy's grip on a fallen race. And that's why he came, to break it, to liberate us from sin and to free us from sickness. Okay? I'm going to give you another verse here, John 10.10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy's going to do. His purpose against your life is to steal the things you have either in your heart or your, your, your physical situation, or both ends. Usually it's both ends. He comes to kill, to literally kill you. He wants to kill you. And he comes to destroy you. What's woven in that is also including sickness. Sickness and disease, demonic oppression. That's why we need the power of God to, to release people in deliverance so people become set free by an outside agency or an outside entity. The devil's after you. And I want to tell you something. You have a personal demon assigned to your life. It's kind of an odd thought. The enemy's kingdom is serious. It's very smart. They're not stupid. 
They have demons assigned to your life waiting for you to agree with their ways in darkness so they can penetrate your way of thinking, they can penetrate your body, etc. And, and we want to do all we can to position our thinking and our living in truth or in light or in, gre- or in agreement with heaven. The more we agree with the light and the truth, the more we're impervious to the enemy. Does, does that make sense? And, and that's the journey you, you're on as a Christian, to live in the light so we can be more impervious to the penetrating power of darkness. It's very serious. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. And what did he do when he did good? Healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. I love that. Not everything is, you know, the demons are involved within it, with it. And I don't know when it's a demon or not. You know what? It really doesn't matter. I just know God's heart is for life. God's heart is for health. God's heart is for you to prosper. And we don't always know why when somebody's not in health, why somebody's not prospering, Who's involved? Is it just your choice? Are there demons involved? We don't want to cover that issue because it's a mystery. You never know. Each circumstance is different. But Jesus came about doing good so he could heal those who were oppressed by the devil. I tell you, there's people that are sick and it's a demonic oppression that needs to be broken off their bodies. Other times there's a journey and God goes, well, I'm going to heal them, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the long road because I'm doing about five other things underneath the surface and, I, and my glory will be revealed in time. But you don't know where you are in that, but we stand, okay? So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. His purpose was to bring uh, life to fallen humanity. He came as the anointed one. That's why we call him Jesus Christ. Christ is the Greek word for the anointing. He came as the anointed one. And I want to read a scripture out of Matthew. Matthew 11, 2 to 5. It says, When John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? This is where John was questioning whether Jesus was the one. Is he the anointed Messiah that I'm thinking of in my mind that the Father told me about? Okay? And Jesus answers and said to him, Go and tell John the things which you hear and the things which you see. And what does he say? He goes on to say, The blind see and the lame walk. He says, The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to him. I love that Jesus always includes the power dimension of the kingdom. Our gospel was meant to have power woven in it. Do not. Except a weaker gospel as okay. Any gospel that is devoid of power should not be acceptable to you. Now, what I mean by that is, many of us walk in a weak demonstration of the gospel. But when I say it shouldn't be acceptable, it should cause you to hunger. Released in prayer, God, give me more. Give me my birthright. Give me what's inherently mine through Jesus. I want to walk in the power of Christ. And many of us have settled subtly in our heart 
because we've been wounded and injured by the lack of response from heaven that we begin to doubt it. Or you come from a theological background where you don't believe in the gifts, you don't believe that the power is evident for today. And I tell you, millions of Christians come from that kind of background that they have just settled for a gospel only in speech, but not in signs and wonders and healings and miracles. It is the same gospel that Jesus preached and demonstrated is the same gospel that has been given to you as a believer. Nothing less than that you should accept. Now, you don't make it happen, but your hunger for more should cause you to press in and say, God, I want to move in power. You don't have to be called to some anointed ministry. You don't have to have any of that. This is not based on your giftings. It's based on your um, inheritance as a believer. It's your inheritance as a believer. When you said yes to Jesus, you received all that Jesus walks in and has for you. All of it. Too many of us have separated ourselves from the gifted people we go to the conferences and see. Don't do that to yourself. I mean, you need to get a vision for your life. And I don't mean, you know, vision for your life covers a multitude of things. But a vision for the gospel of power in your life. And I really encourage you to search out the scriptures and find out how Jesus walked. Now, many of us go, well, you know, that was Jesus. I mean, I mean, it's Jesus. Perfect God-man, obvious. And I go, if Jesus didn't pave the way for me, then what kind of lifestyle or what kind of gospel has been given to me? Where in the Word does it say I have been given 50% of Jesus' gospel? Well, Eddie, you got the 20% gospel. You know, you got the 35% gospel because you're a little holier. It's ridiculous to even think such a thing. God wants us to walk and follow Jesus' footsteps. No, for real. I'm not trying to give you preacher rhetoric. And it may sound that way. I believe this stuff in my heart. I tell you, I contend. My wife knows it. I contend for power every day. I contend for the filling of the Spirit. I contend for healing every day. I contend for breakthrough. Whether I see it or not, the Lord goes, do not base it upon what you see. Base it upon my word and what's true. Come and pursue me for what's yours. Let me work out the details because I see the picture in a far greater way. I'm looking at your life. I have a destiny for your life. There's other components involved. There's other people involved. You don't know when the suddenly is going to come, but you position your heart before me for what's inherently yours. And that's what I love to do. Inspire regular people to just say, hey, you know, it's for me. It's not just for the guy up there. It's for me. I know what it was like going to conferences, sitting in the back row going, man, how did that guy get up there to speak? How did that guy move in power, et cetera, et cetera, when I've been around? And I had a dream in my heart years ago to, to have impact on planet Earth. <laughs> impact. I mean, I want to see people set free because of God in me. I mean, think about who lives in you. You say the Creator lives in you. No, no, no. You say the Creator lives in you. Do you have any idea what that means? The Creator of the chair you're sitting on, the floor you walk on, your own body, you say lives in you. What is He hiding? Do we have to always apologize for God because He didn't come through so we exaggerate His claims? 
Do we have to make up stories to make it sound more meatier to the unbelievers, trying to convince them to come in because God's not really showing up, so we want to beef it up? I tell you, God is real. And there is a secret atheism in the church that is blocking people thinking He's not even real. They show up on Sunday and they're not even... It's about a social club. It's not about God Himself. Now, I have a real passion about this. We need a real change. Now, you're hearing this in all different ways, but it's true. I, I'm speaking out of my pain. I go, God, You live in me. It's not okay. It's not okay that I walk in less power than Your Son. That sounds arrogant, doesn't it? Well, who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anything. I think I'm a believer and there's a, an inheritance that's mine. And I think God in heaven is going, who, well, who wants it? No, for real. Who wants it? Do you know there is no... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I got, you keep, wherever you are, keep... <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But for real, we need something real to break out. You don't need ten-point sermons all day long. We need an encounter with something beyond us. That, that, yeah. We need to see God move. And I want to see Him move in healing. I want to see Him move in power. And I tell you, I'm giving my life in that prayer room, one, because that's my calling to be there. You don't have to be in the prayer room to do that. But because it's my calling to be in this kind of environment, I'm pressing I'm reaching, I'm chasing after what's mine in the Spirit, unrelated to me being gifted as a healer, quote-unquote. I don't know if I am or not, but I'm a believer, that I know. And I know there's an infinite, eternal God that's living in me. And I know the Gospel that was given to Jesus was given to me. And I think the angels are going, you're getting it, you're getting it. Will you dare to buy into it? Because I tell you, the, the, the truth with healing, miracles, signs and wonders, it all boils down to God's sovereignty and your desire. Your desire and sovereignty, okay? But how many of you actually reach for a realm that you don't see? We settle for what's probable. Well, probably, you know, nothing's going to happen. Probably, you know. How often do you reach for the possibilities? For real. Possibility thinking. Thinking in terms of the promises of Scripture. Thinking of, in terms of taking the promises of Scripture and saying, I'm not letting that Scripture go because of my church background, because of my family situation, because of the lack of breakthrough. That Scripture is true for me, and I am pressing in for it to be released. That's possibility living. Living in the realm of what's possible rather than settling for what's probable. We have settled for what's probable. Well, nothing's going to happen. You know, it's like going to pray for somebody. And as you're going to pray, you're kind of partially distracted. God's probably not going to heal in the name of Jesus, you know. No, not you guys. Because you haven't seen. I tell you, God wants a hungry humanity for what's inherently theirs. Jesus came to destroy anything that the enemy put on us. It's not okay that the enemy has one touch in our lives. It's not, it's not okay. And we settle for it. And I'm just, I'm really jazzed for the power of God. 
Jesus' uh, healing ministry was central to his message. He was the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. I mean, I'm racing here, so apologize. I apologize because of time. I have many scriptures I'd love to give to you. But in Matthew chapter 8, it says um, this about him. When he, just, a, just one example out of many in the Gospels. It says, when evening has come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, verse 17 of Matthew 8, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the uh, prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Okay, so he was the uh, Isaiah 53 fulfillment. He was also the Isaiah 61 fulfillment. Now, you guys, many of you know this, that the Spirit of the Lord, he says, is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Now that, it's not a cliche. He came to deliver the prophecy from Isaiah through his being. He wasn't quoting scripture for teaching. He was saying, I am the fulfillment of that promise. Now watch. To heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, we have settled for this to be rhetoric, preacher teaching, like I'm doing today. But Jesus was the embodiment of the prophecy, of which he left it to us to follow in his footsteps. Do you all believe that we're to follow Jesus' footsteps? Honestly, we're to be conformed to the image of his son. That's not just in holy character. It's in the whole power of the kingdom. I want to read another scripture to you. Jesus relates the kingdom of God, okay, and the demonstrations of power together. Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Well, what's the gospel of the kingdom? He says, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of, kinds of disease among the people. The gospel of the kingdom was meant to be demonstrated with power. I mean, very simple ideas. But these simple ideas transform nations when they're released in power. God, you're not meant to just try to browbeat people by your intelligence and prove that the Scriptures are true. Alone. Wasn't it Paul that said, the kingdom of God is not of talk, but of power? Who's, he, who's familiar with that verse? That's, we need to get from, familiar with that verse. I'm going to read it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. Paul says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul was in concern with eloquent speaking. Wow, isn't he such a great orator? Paul goes, Well, you know, that's kind of cool, but if the Spirit of God is not operating and moving, I have little time for it. I want to know the power of God. Why? Not so that the power makes Paul this awesome man of God because he's thinking of humans being liberated. See, the desire for healing is the desire to love your brother because you want to be an agent of change. I want to help somebody when I lay hands. I don't want to do it just so they go, Wow, Ed, you're awesome. No, no, no. I'm not awesome. He's awesome, but let's see how awesome he is in real time and space by touching you and setting you free. 
So when you're pursuing healing, you're pursuing a life of love for others because you want to be an agent of change for their condition. You want to say, God, it's not okay. It's not okay that my brother's sick. And so I'm asking you to release the authority that Jesus walked in through me now. Not for the platform, but for the liberation. It's not about the platform. It's about the person being free. One, they're free in their physical condition, which is awesome. Because if any of you are stuck in pain, I tell you, it's like gold. Anybody who has a chronic ailment knows if they could be liberated in their feeling realm and and, and their situation, man, that is like gold. But more than that, it's that an invisible God becomes visible to a broken person demonstrated in their bodies, broken in their bodies. I tell you, you want to get a vision for healing, for a vision for power in terms of having a vision to liberate people. You want to be an agent of change for those people around you. You want to be a vessel of power to set them free. Does that make sense? It's about loving people. God, you said, I am not going to let you go. I really want to stir you. In this 45-minute session, there are, I mean, how could we really unpack <laughs> this topic of healing, which is, you know, there's so much to it. I want to, I want to encourage you to reach from your heart into His heart for an expression of love. Power for healing is an expression of love. It's an expression of God's desire to touch someone and show them, I care, I'm real, I'm here. No? No, I'm not looking for the amen. We're so dull. I'm not, I'm not saying you're dull. I'm not I'm saying we're not moved. We're not because eh, it's just, we don't expect him to move. Faith is expectation. Faith is walking in expectation for a God who's real and true and has the ability to do it and wants to do it. Do you believe that? No, no, I I like that, but not. He wants to use you to set people free. Healing is a part of it. Jesus' message was demonstrated. Is your message demonstrated? He demonstrated his message in how he lived. He just didn't talk high noble notions. He lived them. His message was demonstrated when he came across people that were hurt and wounded, what did he do? He set them free. He was real. He brought reality. We, we need to bring reality. Now, I'm, I'm up here. You guys are all looking at me, and I'm speaking about a reality that I'm still reaching for. It's like a double pain. God, I'm telling them about the promises, but I want to walk in more of them. But that's the pain of a preacher. You inspire people think you inspire people to things you you're hungry for. How many of you are sick in this room? Raise your hand. Look at that. It's about maybe ten percent. Wouldn't it be cool if they got healed? Uh, if you're sick, stand up. 
Only if you're sick. I wish we had another hour. You believe God wants to heal you? You think he will? Oh, she goes, oh, yeah. Somebody asked me, stay standing. Somebody asked me one day when I was, I was in a conservative circle. They weren't sure what they were believing about the power, healing, etc., and I was like really praying pretty aggressively for healing. And somebody said, well, how do you know it's God's will for them to be healed? Has anybody ever heard that one? My answer was, I don't know. I don't know if in this circumstance God is going to heal them. I know he desires to heal them ultimately. And so I know this. I'm to stand for life. I'm to pray in faith. For wholeness, I'm to pray in faith for healing. I'm to pray in faith for the nature of God to be manifested in your body. I'm to pray that God's kingdom, Matthew 6:10, the kingdom as it is in heaven, is here on earth. And I've never left that stance, and I want to give you that stance. I don't know if it's the Lord's will in this meeting to heal all of you. Probably, no. Possibly, yes. But he's looking down going, will you dare to believe? Will you dare to reach again and accept the fact that if I don't heal, it doesn't mean I'm not a healing God? Does that make sense? Because I want to alleviate the burden that it's dependent upon your works. It's dependent only upon your faith. I think sometimes it is. Sometimes it's God's sovereignty. You don't know. And it's okay not to know. But one thing I do know, the Lord requires of me to always be a vessel of change for somebody, if I can. And what I can do is lay my hand and say, Lord, I know who you are. Now release what you do. That's what we're called to do, and that's what we're going to do in a moment. John 14, 12. Here's the promise. I've been talking about promises. John 14, 12. Jesus said this. He said, the works that I do. Now, there's a whole bunch of scriptures I didn't give you because of time. The works that I do, what is the remaining uh, a phrase? The works that I do, John 14, 12, you will do. And you will do greater than what I've done. Is that true or false? Was that hyperbole or exaggeration to kind of stir us? but with real no follow-through from God? You know what I'm... No, for real. I, I really want you to consider John 14, 12 as something real, as something inherently yours, as something vital to the propagation of the Gospel. It's the Matthew six ten. Pray that the kingdom of God that's in heaven would manifest here on earth. That's the nature of, a, of an environment. That's the nature of heaven's environment that brings God's nature Healing, life, salvation. Are you guys tracking? God wants the kingdom to be manifest through you and I. And all we have to do is be available and ask over and over and over and over again. I ask and wait. I ask and wait. I ask and wait and then see. Wow, God, you're real. 
Then I ask again and wait. I ask again and wait. And then wham! Suddenly, he moves. And we're surprised and shocked. And it becomes our prophetic history in God. You look back over the decade of your life, you go, man, God moved here. God moved here. God gave money here. God touched this body here. God inspired this one here. God saved this one here. We need a thread, the testimony. A testimony. This is why the children of Israel were commanded constantly tell the generation again and again what the mighty works of God did. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. We need testimony. You need to be a testimony for others to see an invisible God visible in you, through you, through the history of your life. Every single one of you has to, needs to, have a testimony of a supernatural God. Not an intellectual God alone. Not just a God of thought alone. A God of outside power that did things in your life that were inexplicable. Unrelated to your smarts, your wit, your ingenuity, and your giftings. Man, I'm all fired up. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fired up because the truth... Okay, next to these people, you're, stand, you're sitting next to somebody standing. I want you to lay your hands on them. You can stand up, sit, whatever. You guys, you guys are going to release healing. But we're going to wait a second. Let's just wait. Just lay hands and let's just wait a second before we get into our thing. I want to give you just a, a real basics what you do here. Ask the person what they need prayer for. Simply just say, what's the issue? Now, if you've got a real personal issue and you're uncomfortable in saying it, just give a generalized statement. You know, it's my abdomen area. If it's a woman with, you know, some ailments down in, you know, their private areas, etc. No, because we want to we wanna honor people's comfort zones, too. We don't want to bully nobody. Remember, when you pray for the sick, you want to serve them, not bowl them over. It's, they're not the objects, they're not an object lesson for you to see if God moves. They are people that God loves, that God wants to help and serve through you. So always remember, when you pray for the sick, come submissively, come tenderly, come gently. I want to talk about ministry style real quick. Ministry style. You do not need to yell. <laughs> I love yelling. I do. But you don't need to yell because you're, you're vo the volume of your speech doesn't cast out a devil. It's the anointing on your life. So do not be duped into believing you've got to be like the guy you see on TV and do all the stuff. You don't have to do nothing. No stuff. No antics. Be you. Always be you. Don't be anything that you're not. You just simply lay your hands. You've got a need before you. Now, one of the things I like to train myself in doing is not pray, God, you love them, and because you love them, you want to heal, and because you love them and want to heal, you're going to do it. You don't need to do any of that. You just simply rebuke the ailment in the name of Jesus. I command you to go. You know, when you read the examples of Jesus, he would say this, you know, real long prayer, be healed. Come on, Lord, give me some more meat on that, buddy. <laughs> Eye open. You know, 
Come alive. No, no. I, I, it's kind of cute. Let's do the way Jesus did it. Jesus' style is simple, easy, and natural. No, really. You don't need to be yelling at devils. Don't do that. They might smack you back. Because if you ain't got power, they'll knock you down. <laughs> Remember the seven sons of Sceva? No, you guys don't know that story. Okay, just hold a second. We're going to pray, and we're going to close down in a moment. So you're going to ask the need. You're going to be very gentle and kind, but you're going to be authoritative. That doesn't mean volume, or it doesn't mean, you know, you grimace. It's not strain. It's not like doing another push-up. You don't have to tighten your muscles to get the anointing out. Like, yeah! You don't need to do all stuff like, oh! You don't need to do anything that's not happening. If it's not happening to you, do not work it up. Do not like, oh, there it is. And the guy's still sick. Ready? Hop, there it is. Ho! And then the guy's still sick. It wasn't there. Did you guys get it? Don't, don't do learned behavior. Be a human being. Jesus didn't go, hop, there it is. Hop. He didn't play that. He just said, be healed. But they got healed. Okay, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to coach you in a natural way to be supernatural. You're going to command it. You're going to rebuke it. Stay a little bit. Speak the name of Jesus over them. Say, I speak the name of Jesus over you. Isn't that what Peter did to the lame guy? Silver and gold I don't, know, I don't have. But in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Whoop, the guy gets up. Very simple. We're going to do the same thing. How many of you doubt just entered in? No, you want, yeah, come on, brother. Good, he's honest. The only one in the place. So, no, we doubt it because we go, it can't be that simple. It is. Okay. Now, I'm going to pray first, and then I'm going to release you guys to pray, okay? Father, <clears throat> you've been listening to me talk about power. God, I ask you to just simply move. I ask you, Holy Spirit, move in power. Begin to release power in the name of Jesus. Now go for it. I want you guys to pray for these ones. Just be natural. Holy Spirit, release your power. Command the sick ailment. Command it to go. Also be sensitive when you're touching a woman's hair. She put a lot of time into her hairspray. Touch on the shoulder. Very inconspicuous. You're allowed to take a breath and stop praying and just kind of say, hey, are you feeling anything? You're allowed to dialogue with the person. It doesn't relieve the anointing. Holy Spirit, release your power. I ask for tangible manifestations of power. Right now, God, healing power. In the name of Jesus, I just plead the blood of Christ over you. I speak the blood of Jesus over you. We got about 30 more seconds, and then we're going to exit. Okay, now just stay there.
Did anybody in the room receiving prayer feel something touch their body? Raise your hand. Look at that. They're saying in their integrity, I felt something when you prayed for me. Okay, let's do 15 seconds more. Let's pray for them and ask for the Lord more. Let's just pray again. And then we're going to leave. God, release more. It's really this simple. Watch how you touch people on their heads and their faces. I wouldn't do it. Be, be sensitive. The anointing is not touching their face all over the, you know. Father, release healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Who, who feels like the Lord?